fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Horror on the Orient Express. It's available from Chaosium. I'm the Keeper of the Secrets, and this is episode 43. Our recap will be given by Josh Harwood as his character, Dorian Dabrowski. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Josh? Thank you, voice in my head. Uh, yeah, it has uh, been quite strange. I fear I've just got to uh, talk it out in my own head. I don't think I can write this in a letter. Um, me and uh, we had some strange dreams. Visited a strange place. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Lots of text, but it was, it was fun. So we uh, continued on. We woke up. The ones who originally didn't, me and Block, uh, we awoke to find out uh, about a news article. And uh, the tracks had been blown up. So we had to stop at Vink. Vinkovchi, yeah, Vinkovchi. Butchered the pronunciation, but I don't care. Vinkovsi, um, <laughs> very good. Vinkovsi. Thank you, voice in my head coming out. Um, now I've lost my So, yes, in Vinkovsi, uh, um, we were going to be put up in a hunting lodge. Uh, and some people were not very happy, so they took the train back. But some people were excited about uh, it and would stay in the lodge as well. The rest of us were more than happy. Uh, because especially when a girl appeared in trouble and we managed to get her into our taxi, it turned out to be Yasmina Morich. I know her father. Why well, say I know him? We go back. Dragomir Morich. Uh, I met him via an archaeological uh, talk in Poland. Uh, interesting man. But he was very f- proud of his daughter. So I almost feel like it's my responsibility to make sure that uh, she stays safe. And that's what we did. We followed her, which in turn proved useful for us as it helped us on our journey because whoever was after Yasmina was linked to our turmoil. This led us on a chase, a a chase of clues. You see, Dragomir liked to leave clues. He liked to play with riddles and he left Yasmina riddles and we followed it. Uh, We followed a clue about Roman baths and but all the clues it took us a while to actually get to our destination, but it led us to a shop. Well, uh, not a shop, uh, a warehouse. And within the warehouse, there was a box waiting for us. And within that box, there was another box. And that box um, had a little stone with a writing, with a symbol on it. Uh, 
I am not too sure what it is myself yet, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. Um, and we found a journal. The journal indicated multiple things, uh, but it ended with making sure everything here ended up in the care of Dr. Jordanov, Director of Ancient History uh, at the National Archaeological Museum in Sofia, Bulgaria. Uh, we still do not have a clue where Dragomir is, um, but I guess that is a mystery for us to chase. And another mystery is figuring out what happened on his archaeological dig, which is what we found out about in the newspaper at the start of this little adventure here in Vinkovskia. Vinkovsi. Vinkovsi, very good. Um, but yes, that is, we are back at the lodge. I am literally stood here, just finished reading the journal as I am internally remembering everything that happened. And then I close the journal. And we are back. <laughs> okay. It's uh, mid-evening. You've read the journal. Uh, you've uh, you've looked at the stone. Um, the rest of the uh, package is going to the, the crate will be here tomorrow. You've already arranged for a place to put it. So what would you like to do for the rest of the evening? It's still probably six o'clock. How, how long is it till curfew? Uh, the curfew is at seven. Okay, so an hour. Yeah, so yeah. can't really probably go out without risking antagonizing the law or go far yes yeah, so we must be careful i want to get out a map of the town because at the journal in the journal let me see, get this right he said he was going to the uh, bulatovic cement factory oh uh, that's correct so i was going to see if i could locate that on a map um yeah they don't really have individual places listed on the map but you know they've got the street names and so forth um yeah. most well, likely a big noisy cement factory is not going to be right in the middle of town it's going yeah. to be a little ways yeah. out also you have to be very careful who you ask where is this where is the cement factory exactly that's why i was hoping <laughs> maybe maybe there's where's, a uh... where's all the vital infrastructure <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe there's a phone book or something that we could uh yeah well, dual, that should be a telephone platform. directory uh, yes where's we need to we need Small. to be careful oh that's Hello. a pa pass on my luck um yes it is listed um uh the boltovic uh, cement factory it's about one mile west of inkopsi um uh, uh if if your map is correct well it is yeah um but that's all that it says it's got a listing of phone number okay make note of that and point it out to the group that hey you know it's not far. Maybe do that tomorrow. Because now I wonder how we arrange uh, to guarantee Yasmina's safety in this lodge. Is she amenable 
to having one of us sit outside her door? Well, she, uh, does that seem excessive? I mean, she could stay in my room. Gunther, no. Uh, she she doesn't mind staying here. She's she's got you know funds for that sort of thing. Um, I, I suppose her 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 thing would be well you know, I don't know who those people were, but uh, once I was in your taxi, they wouldn't have had any idea where I was going. And we went first to the uh, the hotel, and now we're here at the lodge. We were all over town, so I don't think they would know where I. I would, my, I think the one caveat to that is the fact that they've directed everybody from, from the train on the train to, to this place. Yeah. yeah. So they don't know where we were during the day. That's true. But they could come here looking anyway. This would be the first place that they're going to check to look for you. So it's not perhaps, entirely... perhaps I'd take a room without a balcony in between the two of you or two of you. Yeah, that sounds like that you makes... could raise a cry if you were in distress and we would be able to hear you. Yeah. Excellent. And and appropriately modest. And Gunter, think of it this way, you know, you wouldn't want her to get between you and your torso. That's true. Yeah. Triangle's never good. All right. So any ideas to what you'd like to do with the evening? The if uh if when you get hungry, the uh, the lodge serves some rather delicious uh, stew. And let's see, I had a list of there. Um, I imagine in a place like this, the uh, hunting is very good. They have fresh venison. And very the good. A lot of times, well, that's exactly what it'll be. Whatever the hunting people have brought in for the day, they will cook up. Uh, stuffed cabbage rolls. Um, that's sarma. They have podarv, pod, podvarek, stuffed meat with sauerkraut, um, savapi, uh, fire roasted kebabs. Um, all the Yum. game is pre prepared. Yeah. They have lots of spirits, rakia, and uh, a few other unpronounceable <laughs> alcohols. Do they yeah. have a trophy room, like of what's been hunted in the area, or? Yeah, like sure. That? There's probably you know it's it's very lodgy, so there's probably some taxidermied uh, stag heads and uh, things like that. This is the Adora's natural environment. Oh, this yeah. is lovely. Do, do they have a yeah. a, a, uh, a history, perhaps a, a, a study in and about of this place, or? Uh, Maybe a little lodge library that I could um, through. Yeah, they've got some books for reading. Um, let's see where it is. Looking at the map, the trophy room's got like a pool table if you're interested in uh, a game there, Theodore. Oh, I it's love one. As it's described, it's a massive estate turned into a luxury hunting lodge. Other uh, rooms are large, there's roaring fireplaces and large beds. The decor is hunting themed with mounted trophies, stuffed animals, and bearskin rugs. Um, I imagine it's a lot of lot of browns and woods, and you know, pleasant uh, pleasant smells. 
wonder. If you like pipe smoke and whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. I also, Herr Bloch, am fond of the game of billiards. It is uh, extremely logical and does not require speed, merely intellect. Uh, yeah. We'll assume all of that is available. Wonderful. Do they do they sell ammunition by any chance? For they do. Our, our, oh, good. I I would love to pick up a couple boxes of twelve gauge for my packed away twelve gauge shotgun. Yes, of course. And I'm so, sure and it's, it's reasonable in price. A good preparation. Yeah. They so also have do... they also have hunting weapons if you need to rent one. All good there. Um, you also probably in the process, if you guys are exploring a bit around the, the lodge, you probably meet a few people, um, mostly, you know, uh, croats and Serbs that are fairly wealthy and have lots of fur. It reminds you a lot of, uh, the guy on the train, the, the Russian fellow, uh, the dream train. Yeah. Yeah. You recall the. The, the news article that he had turned his life on his deathbed and given away all of his money to the Blue Cross. Uh, of course, we are uh, keeping our eyes out for fezes or other indicators of potential members of uh, Brotherhood or... Yeah, considering that most everybody here is pretty white, um, anybody any of those would sort of stand out pretty strongly. Yeah. I'm guessing, though, that because the lodge is not quite in season and the train emptied out to it, that there would be travelers and not only locals. Well, it would be a true. good opportunity if somebody had been interested in being on the train with us. They would be stuck as well. They'd either have to go back to Trieste or be here or spend themselves for the hotel. But if we see nothing suspicious, it is good. I would like to do an experiment where we take this excellent local plum brandy uh, in the same quantities between games of billiards and uh, measure our relative impediment. Hmm. Because until the crate comes Very in the morning, I don't have anything practical in mind. No, I'm well versed at losing at billiards. Hmm. I think, Rudy, you will be uh, lucky in love more than uh, in the gambling. I am quite good at billiards. So I will challenge whoever. Hey, looks like we got a uh, evening planned. Tournament, shall you say. So, as it is, you have a rather pleasant evening considering all of the drama that you've been through, um, you feel quite relaxed, quite comfortable. Um, the hospitality of the owner is very nice. And um, everybody do, let's just say, listen roles. Hmm. You're regular only for me, I mm. think. Ooh, yeah. nice start. Double mm. six. Damn, I... I'm into the game. I rolled a 94. I got an 08, which is an extreme. No, I failed. I failed. So we'll say that because, you know, some of you are a little more talkative than others, uh, 
Everybody in the place is friendly. You probably won't remember anybody's names. Um, some of them are on the train. Some of them were staying here already. Um, but the general consensus from what the rumor mill is saying is that it was members of the uh, this uh, Liberation Army or whatever they're called uh, that uh, blew up the train. They uh, are the LPD. Yeah. Which doesn't uh, the L LPV, but it's uh, it's the People's Justice Army, which uh, is how it translates into English. Um, uh, they're all young croats, uh, and they're all outraged by the Serbian political domination. Uh, they were forced out of more mainstream political organizations uh, like the HSS or the League of Communists of Yugoslavia. Uh, for suggesting acts of destructive vandalism. Uh, they formed their own group, the People's Justice Army, or properly the LPV, which is the Ljudi Pavosude Vojska. <laughs> of course, those guys. Yeah. yeah. Those guys, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, the Croats are, they are uh, sympathetic to them, but they can't really do much about it. Um, they also don't really believe, of course, in blowing up the train station yeah. or blowing up the, there's just acts of protest against the Serbs. Yeah. Um, but the police, so you also hear that a, a great many militia uh, were brought in this afternoon and uh, they're going to try to hunt down and exterminate the LPV. Yeah. So if so you hear gunfire, take cover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, did we see any of the militia uh, kind of starting to troll around or is this just heard? What you, what you saw this... was you saw the uh, an increased police force. But it's just this afternoon that that the militia came in. You thought you might have seen, you know, uh, on other streets, uh, people, you know, in in formation, in uniforms. So you're think, you know, you didn't pay any attention to it. You kind of stayed away from it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. So this avoid is, so this is the the um. This is the army. The Serbian government. Yeah, they've they've yeah. they've got the militia. Yeah, the yeah. paramilitary coming in. They have no yeah. sympathy. They're going to yeah. stop them at any cost. But that's why they've imposed the uh, the curfew. Yeah. As a German, I'm not going to get involved in Serbian uh, civil discourse. It didn't work out last time. So, yeah. <laughs> Just a few years ago, didn't work out too well. Yeah. Long live Franz Ferdinand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, it means we can't be uh, ourselves taking cabs around in the middle of the night, engaged in skullduggery, or walking the streets yep. the way we did in Venice. We yeah, have to shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you'd get arrested. Yeah. And since you've already gone through a rigmarole with the the guy in charge uh, when you got off the train and had to answer a bunch of questions, 
yeah. if you showed up again, he'd be very suspicious why you weren't staying in the the lodge like you were supposed. And I mean, to. we've yeah, no, this game we of have us. a lot of um don't want to bring attention to ourselves. No, this game of, of snooker certain... is going to occupy my time. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So, is there any feelers you'd like to put out while you're in amongst these people, or um? I might um, casual. I might just casually ask somebody um, curious why they'd blow up a, a passenger rail line. Do uh, mostly just to cause problems, you know, uh, interfere with the uh, transportation of people, and uh, you're cutting supply lines. You're you're terrorizing. Terrorizing is part part of what they want to do. Yeah. But but it seems do, 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 do that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I mean, you know, could it could it be that perhaps um, it it's a false flag, so so to speak? Do would it be mean? possible for the? Uh, I, well, the Serbian military forces too. It's possible, but I, I think rail themselves as a as a just as a justification for them to come here on mass. It could be, but the uh, the Soviets uh, when when in the Russian Revolution they had no problem blowing up civilian transportation, and yeah, I could see that they're following that, and yeah, I mean it could be that's always a possibility, but then again. They've already got control of the area, so they, it's not like they need to seize control. Um, yeah. So you're already under Serbian rule here, so... Also, these revolutionary movements tend to have uh, some class element as well, and the Orient Express line is for capitalists and... Have, uh, Other bourgeois dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but to, to be pushed to such extremes to, to run the risk of killing people, there, there must be an extreme reason for On it. On that note, Roland, do you think that they would ever strike the Lodge? The nice thing about train tracks historically is that uh, they are hard to repair, and there are so many miles of them that it's easy to find an isolated location to plant a device or somewhat. Whereas this uh, establishment has local workers, some of whom might be sympathetic, and I mean, why would sleep lightly, perhaps? Although this plum brandy is very good. Mm -hmm. I also want to so, put feelers out about the archaeological dig. Um, all right. When you do that, uh, it seems like at least half the people here have read the Sibalis this morning or the day before. Actually, it was a week ago. So they've read it recently and they saw that article. Um, none of them really have any, any professional opinion on it or, you know, it sounds like it's a uh, most of them would say it sounds like just a, a piece that they're trying to stir up problems um, because the uh, it was written by Serbs uh, okay. and the doctor was a croat 
and they're just trying to make problems. Uh, they might know more information than what they're letting on. They, uh, they, it, it also has that sort of yellow, uh, uh, yellow news article stuff like, well, how did they know this? Did they break into the area? What's the sources? You know, how did they get this information? How true is it? Of course, you know that obviously it, it is partly true, except for the disparaging parts of it. When, when we're discussing the, uh, the this civil unrest, uh, I'm just sort of trying to occasionally look around. Is, does anyone seem to be trying to really listen in or look concerned or i'd say not not in a in a nefarious manner there's sort of everybody is it's not a huge lodge you guys are all in each other's business you're all talking and, and stuff like that um some people have a strong opinions you know and some don't uh the general conversation doesn't seem to be unfriendly though um it tell you some other things that are going on currently i think this is current yeah um in Vinkovsi in 1923, uh, the welfare of war veterans or uh, the invalid question is a contentious issue across the kingdom. Around 40% of the Serbian army were killed fighting the Austrians uh, to a standstill, and the wounded are prominent. There's lots of them. Many Croatian soldiers fought on the Habsburg side uh, and also went uh, want fair treatment. Disabled veteran groups are formed first in Belgrade and Zagreb and then other towns. And 6,000 disabled veterans and civil servants protested outside the parliament in Belgrade in late 1922. The societies amalgamate into one society of war invalids at, at the beginning of 1923. Disabled veterans can be seen in the streets of Vinkovsi and in other towns across the Balkans, a constant reminder of the horrors of the recent conflict. So there's there are people who are really on on edge about some of the conflicts that are going on right now in the area. Um, other than that, hmm. the, the evening goes very nicely. Okay. Um, do we see Jasmine? Is she has she joined us or is sure, she she's with keeping you. to her room? All right. She's always uh, dressed rather nicely. So. Yeah. If I'm not playing, I'll be chatting with her. You know, try and get a feel for uh, you know, has her father been involved in like uh politics before? Like could he have gotten people no, after her? She, no, she's my, my father's a scientist, an archaeologist. Uh, and an academic, um, those sort of things do tend, tend to follow him around, but that's just because they follow everybody around. Uh, he would just as soon be do his business, do his you know archaeology, and he doesn't really have any you know psychological loyalty one way or the other. But uh, oh. he wishes the conflicts would be done. Yeah, is your husband involved in anything? Oh, she's not married. Oh, nice. That was just to find out who she was. <laughs> <laughs> Even I could have told you she wasn't married to you. Guys. 
Yeah. Just stay good. away from It's good to mix certain of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yasmina, uh, your father, does he have a, uh, colleagues or, or students that he works with frequently? Do you think he would know anyone on the staff of the dig? Um, I mean, he would know everybody involved in the dig. Uh, no, would you he... know ever, anyone? Oh, he has perhaps a protege or a manual. I, I would, I would probably recognize the names if he'd mentioned them, but I can't mm. think of any particular one offhand. Um, You've been away after all. The the only one that I know of, uh, the only place. I mean, he's staying with Doctor Bellanzada, uh, uh, a friend of his, a surgeon. They were they were in the war together. Um, but other than that, uh, I don't know, and I don't know. I I think, uh, I think Doctor Bellanzada works at the hospital. I mean, he's uh, uh, my father said a great many good things about him. You know, he's. Uh, Do you think we should go and see Goran Bellanzada before well, we go out to the yeah, dig site? He, he might have some idea where my father is. Oh, I might be uh, worth our time to phone him tonight. Yes. Oh, we it's can probably try. too sure. late to visit. Yes, it's yeah. too because of the curfew. It's probably too late. Yeah, he was the person he was going to talk to before he went out to that cement factory. Um, why, why would he be going to a cement factory if he's digging? That's that's got me confused. What? Hmm. Well, whatever we find in the crates tomorrow, I think we do not find the uh, the blade that is of such historical note. And I wonder if he has a lead on that. Mm, yeah. Also, you know, in the, in the making of cement, there is um, much uh, working of the quarries to to the, for the raw materials. So there might be something to do with yeah. antiquities in that regard. But yeah, if uh, Yasmina, uh, I would like to accompany her to a, a payphone and see if she can reach Dr. Goran Balansada and see if there's any news tonight. There's just phones in the, in the lodge. So. Um, she says, yes, let's see if we can get a hold of him. So you and her go over to the phone. And, sure. Uh, uh, she looks through her notes and finds his phone number and she makes the phone call. Uh, and the phone rings um, two or three times, and there's no answer. Six or ten times. It's, it's the twenties. Nobody expects the phone to pick up right away. Uh, so nothing. No one's at home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nobody's apparently there. Um, but I do remember my father saying that he's a very busy man. He might be still at the at the the hospital. Yeah. Certainly, doctor will probably have papers so that he can travel during the curfew because the sick and uh, injured yeah. are needed need attention at all hours. Yeah, but perhaps uh, before we leave town tomorrow, we have a we see if we can reach the doctor or his family at home in case there is trouble there. When you say that, there's a couple of people around you that say, "Oh, do you think that that the train will be ready tomorrow?" 
uh, I don't have any idea how long it takes to repair the tracks. I don't know how much the damage was. They they told us three or four days. Yeah, I would I would I would expect as much. This is why so many people went uh, on the reverse train because it would be such a long wait. Anyways, do you guys want to do anything else? You want to wind up, go to bed. Yeah, your, I think your crate I, should I, be arriving in the morning. Yeah, I think uh, after a couple brandies and a s- s- smoke, yeah, head to bed. Okay. Check on my uh, torso, make sure it's still there, just because I'm kind of obsessing over it. <laughs> All right, I would like Theodore to roll luck. Oh, I was just going to poke my head outside and sniff the air towards the north. (laughs) Uh, Oh, no! Oh, that's a 99. Yeah, I don't have that much luck. Who's who's in your room with you? Oh, is that Dorian? Dorian, were we sharing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Long time. Why not? Long time been Dorian. So, Dorian, um, as you guys are getting ready for bed, um, Theodore is acting as usual. He's walking around. He's, you know, he's brushes his teeth and and so forth. And then he gets this odd glazed over look in his eyes. And he walks over to the window and uh, opens it. And there is a breeze blowing, a cold wind blowing outside. And he's just suddenly standing there, staring out into it. I uh, walk up. Theodore, Theodore, it's cold. I close the window. Um, he doesn't really have much reaction. You close it and you, you walk away. And you get to the other end of the room and Theodore opens it again. I go back and I just, Theodore, I keep trying to speak to him. Theodore, are you... I then look to see where he's looking. He's just sort of staring off into the night. I snap my fingers in front of his eyes. Oh, he notices you do that. Dorian, my friend. I then close the window. Theodore, you... What is wrong? Oh, nothing. I was just listening to the north. I, I, Listen, I listening. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I feel too well, but maybe you should uh, lie down, Fido. Oh yes, that's right. I was, I was getting ready for bed. I believe. Uh, I, just, I, I, I let me just I, I feel his forehead does he feel oh, cold or? no he feels fine oh, well. in I fact don't have a, standing in the cold air he, he doesn't even feel chilly you don't have a feel, nice. you don't have a temperature oh, but it's a lovely gentle breeze it just makes me want to go out running no fear though you need to rest something isn't quite right yeah you're right you're right. I, I, I'm tired. I don't know what I'm talking and about. Do not open those windows again, Fedor. It's bloody freezing. Well, for you, for you, Dorian. Well, not really for me, but for others. I'm. I remembered. I'm Polish and used to similar temp- 
It is probably a medium for me, but for others, the cold will get in and make them colder. You're right. You're right. I'll be more thoughtful in the future. The only other thing with that is, though, Dorian, you get under the covers and stay nice and toasty warm in bed. Theodore throws the covers off and practically lies on top of the the sheets. Very, not not very uncomfortable, but uncomfortable with the heat of the room. I probably um, won't sleep very well because I will be keeping an eye on Theodore. And those of you who have pieces of the simulacrum, your you have aches and pains where yeah. they represent. Um, but for the most part, you all end up going to sleep. Next morning comes. Um, it's, it's a chilly morning. There is, uh, there might've been a light snow during the middle of the night, uh, but not a great deal of it. Um, you notice that things are, have a, have a, you know, inch deep blanket of white on them. Um, you can smell breakfast downstairs. It smells delicious. (laughs) Mm. Your package should be here around 8 a.m. Excellent. Um, well, I assume the curfew lifted at like six in the morning or something like that. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Thanks. Tom, uh, mm-hmm. chat. You. Uh, I don't remember what the note says. Okay. I'll okay. check your note. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna go downstairs and get some uh some coffee and some breakfast. No. I uh knock at Yasmina's room to make sure that uh, she is responsive. She is fine. She yeah. uh she gets up and says, Shall we um shall we try try Dr. Uh, Balansada again this morning? Yeah, I might as well phone him while we wait uh uh, for breakfast. Okay. Um, so you go downstairs. You have some. You have some breakfast, um, and you make a phone call to Doctor Balansada. Um, uh, the phone rings, and uh, you hear a woman's voice on the other side. Uh, you know, good morning, she says. Yasmina says, uh, "Is uh, Doctor Balansada there?" And the woman says, well, he's having his breakfast at the moment. Mm. Uh, what's this concerning? Yeah, uh, tell, just tell him what uh, what number you can be reached at at the lodge. And we can be polite. Um, yes. Um, yeah, she says when he's not busy, can he give us a phone call here? And she explains that her father, his, his friend is her father, uh, Dr. Dr. Morich. And uh, she says, I will. I will. So probably, she says probably about half an hour. Good. So all is well. I am relieved at this. Hmm. Oh, he's, he's okay. I wonder if that's good to hear. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe your father is uh, just being extra cautious and but with those men chasing you, it 
wouldn't hurt to be extra cautious, but hey, everything could be working out just fine. All right. So the two things sort of happen at the same time, the phone call and your box, your crate getting there. So we'll just do the, the phone call. Um, uh, Dr. Bellanzada returns the phone call. and He's like, uh, he's like, yes, yes, is this uh, Jasmina? Your father has spoken many, many times about you. Uh, what can I do for you? And she's like, well, we're looking for my father. And he says, oh, uh, um, he hasn't contacted you or anything. Uh, he was staying with me. But, um, well, to put it plainly, we had a little bit of a falling out the other day. And uh, uh, he left. He's left most of his things here, though. I assumed he would come back. I thought maybe he'd gone back to Zagreb or to the uh, university. Um, I've been expecting him to call me back. Uh uh, I am I am uh, uh, almost about to be late to the hospital. Um, if you would like, you could come to see me. Uh, uh, I will be home uh, actually at midday for about a half an hour if you would like to come and have lunch. And she looks around at, at you guys standing there. You guys can ask so you can hear. Yeah, a ask if ask if it's okay if you bring some friends. That way, you know. Yes, may I, I bring some friends. I have some companions. And he says, well, of, course, "Of course, that's fine." And uh, he gives his address. Says, "Yes, you know, come by at, at noon." Um, and forgive me, my 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 schedule is very busy. <clears throat> and so he uh, he hangs up. Well, we can see him at noon. Excellent. Oh. It's interesting that they had such a serious argument, but uh, Dr. Balanzaga does not seem to be resentful of your father. Oh, they've, he, he said that they've been friends for since the war. They're, they're good friends. He, uh, my, my father often comes here and visits. Well, it's very hospitable of him. Uh, and this will give us time to look through some of the artifacts. Yeah. So... The crate arrives, and uh, the uh, patrons of the, the establishment have a back room where you can put it. There, they they comment they you know didn't realize it was so large, but uh, there's still plenty of room. Nobody uses this room, but for for some storage, <clears throat> and you're welcome to use it. So the the crate comes in. You've seen it already. It's a fairly large box, and uh, what would you like to do? I think we uh, make arrange our privacy first, and then we pop the crate open and look. Well, for so there's some also manifest. a large a large table in here as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. that you can lay Excellent. things on. Uh, <laughs> if there's a manifest of any kind or as a paperwork, that would be helpful because then we could locate items. I assume things are largely wrapped and not just jumbled together. Uh, there is a, uh, yeah, there's, let's say, a clipboard with uh, a handwritten uh, manifest of objects in it. Um, so you you start down the list. Um, there are about two dozen items that are listed that you 
unwrap carefully, you know, as you're you're going along. Um, these seem to be rather mundane things. Uh, there is a cup. There is some pottery. There are some uh, tools. Um, all of them, you know, look like they're medieval from that period. Um, there are a few military items. Uh, there is a, a broadsword. There is a mace. Um, uh, there is some uh, regalia uh, that would be worn by a soldier, a Roman soldier, um, and so forth. Then there is <coughs> there is a small wooden box and uh, about you know about four inches by four inches. Uh, it's hand carved. It's kind of ornate, uh, and it's hinged. Uh, do you want to look inside? Yeah, please. Uh, also, uh, Dobrowski, are you carrying the stone that was in here, or how is that disposed? Did you put it with the other things in the room? If, if I didn't take it off Theodore, Theodore still has it. If I did take it, I still have it on me. I can't remember. We'll just say you have it. I mean, you we'll say have it with you. You brought it with you. Just say I have it on my person. Yeah, I'm not <clears throat> yeah. I I think uh, we should. Uh, you should perhaps wrap it in silk or something, but have it handy in case it is useful in connection with something. But I don't yes. know that you should handle it over much, you know. And I well, indicate yeah. Thursby. Yes, don't. I, I've got my silk handkerchief. Well. Excellent. Yes, I will open up this little box. So inside the little box, it is lined with red velvet, and there's an indentation in the center of it where there is a small, round, silver coin. Um, oh. The inside of the box on the lid is inscribed uh, with uh, some Latin. Uh I will take my, Latin. My Latin is history. not strong, Dorian. You have that. You can I have, read this. I have a 30 in Latin. Whoever wants to look at it. Uh, I, do, I, I don't roll. have Latin. Yeah, I got, not good at Latin. I, got, I have a 30 in Latin, but I rolled an 80. So mm. I can do history. Um, yeah, do history. And try that also. Uh, I will uh, spin. No, it's, it's all flat. right. I have oh, a regular okay. for history. <laughs> that's that's fine. That's um, I do not. With history, you can tell that the coin um, is a tetradrachm, um, which would be worth uh, four drachmas. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and it looks like it's from the city of Tyre. Uh, uh -huh. The Latin, the Latin that's that's inscribed says, "Unus ex triginta argentis." Unus ex triginta argentis. So one from something silver. And if this comes from Tyre, then or Tyre, then it has to be. Uh, from crusaders who are returning. I think mm -hmm. that the city of Tyre is now in 
well, some English territory that is called Libya, something to that effect. Hmm. Oh, yes. uh, the third word again is spelled Trigenta, T-R-I-G-I-N-T-A. Trigenta, Trigenta. Uh-huh. May I fail my first Latin roll? But can I can I go like sit and smoke for an hour and push it that do way, you, trying to rack my brain? Do you want to push it? Um <laughs> it or, just means or, that you'll 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 you won't be able to figure it out. Yeah, but is there any like uh you said there's books here. Is there any like Dictionaries, because lots of times dictionaries will have foreign words. There's no dictionaries, but there okay. there are lots of things. So we'll yeah, do it. Uh, I... Does does Jasmine speak Latin by any chance? Actually, she does. Oh, Jasmine! So, Ooh, asking, we won't we won't use people for help. That was we... that was the. Uh... Oh, my. <laughs> we won't play this whole game though with me just playing with myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> She says that um, Unus Extragenta Ar- Argentis is one of the 30 pieces of silver. Oh. They, they think this is a relic of Judas Iscariot? Yeah, this would be one of the uh, coins paid to Judas Iscariot for betraying Jesus of Nazareth. This uh, box, uh, <clears throat> kind of looking at it, because it's got velvet and everything. Does it look like it's kind of the same age as the other things we've pulled out of there, or does it look like maybe the doctor found this coin and put it in this box? No, it the the, the box itself looks like it would be, you know, from the Crusades. Okay, all right. Um, obviously, it was. I mean, the way the way most people treat relics is they do make fancy things for them to be in. So yeah, but I mean, the coin itself looks rather plain. Yeah, but like the box, yeah. Okay, so, so you probably there, dug this up or something. Is there a head on the coin? Except for text, are there other markings? It doesn't say here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have know. been recast because of its historical meaning, or given the uh, excesses of the. Uh, Crusades on all sides. It could be any number of artifacts, real or imagined. Now, Still, in addition, okay, go ahead. It's interesting. So, in addition to those things, um, there are thirty-two scrolls and eighteen books. It's like they said, mostly a library. Um. Uh, most of the books and scrolls are uh, documents um, that are part of the records of the Order of Noble Shield, and they're in Latin. Um, it would take uh, it would take uh, probably like twelve weeks to uh, go through all of these uh, scrolls, uh, but they are all all very similar in the way they're written. So, like, none of them is the Sadavkar scrolls. They're oh, all... okay. Well, uh, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, reading through them will give you one d10 percentile of their uh, of history and occult scores. Uh, so you can read them 
well, you really can't. You need to give them to the guy in Bulgaria, in Sofia. But yeah, um, the books, um, three of them are um, seem to be much more significant. Uh, one of them is, uh, oh, also, if you can read a little bit of the scrolls, they're basically telling you that these are important artifacts that they collected in their search for um, the Sedevkar Simulacrum, which was stolen by uh, the monk. Um, these are dangerous artifacts as well, or at least significantly dangerous artifacts uh, that they've collected. Um, the books in question are Rasul al-Albarin is one of the books. Uh, the second book is the Sap, uh, Sapientia Malgorum. And the third one is um, uh, Narratio uh, de Tilius Corvus, the account of Tilius Corvus. All of them are written in uh, Latin and, well, they're not. Uh, uh, the Rasul al-Albarin is written in Arabic. Um, the uh, Sapientia Malgorum is in Latin and Greek. Uh, and uh, the account of Tilius Corvus is written in Latin. Uh, more modern day, uh, more more Italian Latin than uh, in traditional Latin. Uh, but it also seems, it seems to be the oldest one, the account of Tilius Corvus. Hmm. Um, you can, actually, that's not correct. No, the oldest one is the Sapientia Malgorum, uh, about first century AD. Oh, wow. So these are very valuable books. Yeah. Um, and other than some cups and pottery and tools, that's pretty much it. But uh, it's in the the box. Um, any questions? Any attempts to read? Hey, I don't speak Latin, so I'll I'll attempt to read the one that's entirely in Latin. The. Uh... Narati Tilius Corvus. Tilius Corvus. At a glance, uh, as you're looking at it, um, you believe that this particular book might lead you uh, to some historical information, uh, possibly about what your what your current you know uh, quest is. Uh, is this a read it on the train later? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, this it's, is a. I feel like this is a whole different scenario. It, it I don't seems know exactly to be, what that means, but I it think we seems should read this later. It seems to be the recount of a number of uh, uh, Constantine's soldiers uh, from around the year three twenty, three twenty four, somewhere around there. So you can pocket that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give a go. My Italian's pretty good at the uh, Sapi Intiamel Gorum. Well, what you can see, you can see that the whole thing will take you 
uh, quite a long time to read. Maybe, maybe forty. It says here forty weeks. Oh, um, to study it. Um, but it gives you very strange feelings when you're looking at it. Uh, it it mentions a number of very bizarre names like Shabnagurath uh, that uh, just sort of give you the shudders. Um, Anything more warm and lovely, sort of like a Fakwa-ish sort of? Or... <laughs> uh, no, but uh, and the Arabic one, you guys can't probably touch at all. Uh, those are those are mythos tomes, though. If you actually read them, you would be gaining mythos. Gotcha. It would it would take weeks, like forty weeks. Hmm. I I wish to go uh, through the mundane items uh, and verify to my satisfaction that the dragon blade is not secreted inside it in plate or some other vessel um as you're looking through it yes you find no knife however it is noted on the inventory oh oh so either yasmina's father is on the run with the blade or something more dire is the case Yeah. Well, this is very good. We have to ship it off to the professor who asked for it. Although I think, Neruda, you look like you're attached to that text. Perhaps you can send that to him later. Yeah, I think this this is one that we should definitely look at. Truth is, you're going to Sophia on the train trip eventually, so... Oh, we'll just bring, bring it to them in person, yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll make a nice friend. When, so, we, when we open this crate here, did because um, the knife's not there, you know, once you've pried nails up a few times, you know, they're not as tight. Uh, did it seem yeah. like, you know, because we pried it open once, it started to kind of seem like, oh, someone else has been in this. Yeah, I don't know. What do, um, do a luck roll. Okay. Or do a, what would you call it? A notice of intelligence role yeah probably intelligence or if i had any i have arts and crafts stagecraft you know we kind of build stuff doing that that's that that sounds like a good one all right yeah. invested points in it and bomb that roll <laughs> fail <laughs> well they didn't seem loose okay yeah so and i well, suppose either. that sometimes when you re-nail them back in they might make slightly off-kilter holes. Um, they don't always go back in exactly the way they came out. The inventory sheet, um, does it have a si signature or because like... No, but maybe... it's in Dr. It's in Dr. Morick's Morick's Hand, handwriting. Hand. Okay. Alright. So, he thought <laughs> he was putting it in here is the impression I got. And either, like Dr. Kerr says, maybe he... he Started questioning, hey, maybe I shouldn't put the knife in here after he'd written out the inventory sheet and took it and he's on the run, or someone else got in into this. Um hmm. it's possible, Jasmine says it's possible that he made the inventory sheet while it was still in the tomb. Mm -hmm. 
So it could have gone missing before it went in the tombs. Obviously, there was somebody at the dig, which is the reason why he closed it all up. Yeah. Yeah. It went into hiding, and there were strange men who were after you at the station. So uh, I think we probably need to prepare for the lunch with the doctor. Yeah, I have a unhealthy desire to drink from this small, uh, slightly damaged cup, even though I suspect it's probably mostly lead. I'm just going to wrap it back up and. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's going to be much use in it. Yeah, it's a it's a perfect little clay cup. Looks like the kind of thing that Jesus would. You, know. <laughs> you chose wisely. Yeah. <laughs> um all right. <clears throat> so you you repack the box as best you can. Um are you going to send it now or are you going to arrange for that or are you going to wait for a couple of days? Well, we might as well take it on the train with us. Uh since we are headed in the same direction, we can present it directly. Yeah, and it's if we shipped it now, the tracks are ruined. It's not like it's going to go anywhere. Yeah, they're not going to take a camel over the mountains and, and deliver it. So, I, I'm a little tempted to hold on to this uh, Argentum coin in its box. It's a little bulky, though, four by four. Maybe I'll take it up to my room, though, and put it away in my crate. Mm. It's a, it's a, it seems unlike some of the other objects, although perhaps they're all dangerous, as the monks believed. All right. So you, you managed to take care of all of that, and uh, you head towards uh, Dr. Belanzada's house, um you arrive it's a very nice uh, villa um uh it uh let's see uh it's what you'd expect from you know a doctor to have uh very nicely maintained grounds and uh you can see that there is a vehicle uh that is parked there it looks like a nice nice car um, uh, there's, uh, you, you walk up, uh, to the front door and you knock and, uh, a young woman answers the door. She looks like she's maybe, oh, 22, 23 years old. And she says, uh, uh, good afternoon. Uh, are you, uh, Yasmina? Are you, are you Yasmina? She sees Yasmina. Um, yes. Um, my name is uh, Camila Hannock. I am uh, Dr. Valenzuela's niece. Oh, Hammock? Ham what was her name again? Uh, Camilla. Camilla. Oh, I don't know where I got I'm it. sorry, Camila. Camila. All right. Pronounce L's with voice for some stupid reason. Uh, Camila. Okay. Uh, she says, please come in. The, the doctor is uh, uh, upstairs. He's He'll be down in a moment. I'm fixing him lunch. Uh, Excellent. 
so she brings you inside. The inside's very nice. Uh, lots of tasteful decor. Um, she brings you into a, a dining room and says, you know, you can, you can wait here for a few moments. And after a few moments, uh, this uh, rather uh, serious-looking gentleman, uh, a little bit, little bit pudgy, uh, but dressed very nicely, um, he comes down the stairs and uh, enters the room, and he's like, "Oh, you are uh, yes, yes, Mina. I've never met you before. How wonderful!" Um, and uh, these are your friends. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm afraid I thought about it last night and I really don't know where he's gone. But uh if I could be of any assistance, please uh, uh, have a seat. Well we'll see uh if you if you don't mind the immediate prying from somebody you've just barely met, what was the uh this falling out about? Ah, uh, well that's that is kind of a a, a, a bit of a story. Um, uh, see, he came here and he was staying with me, uh, which he often does when he's in town. We are friends. Uh, but, uh, <coughs> um, but we didn't see each other very much because of my schedule and because of his, uh, he was working on a dig, um, I, I do research. I work at the hospital. I'm in and out all the time. So we would occasionally bump into each other, usually around breakfast time. Um, he, he was working on a dig, and he became very worried. Uh, he said that there were a great many. It was more of a, a small library, and he was reading through some of the records, and he found what he was reading very disturbing. Um, I told him, you know, history, it's whatever it is, it's long gone. It's uh, hundreds of years ago. But he he thought that it was very significant. Um, But there was something that made him very, very um, nervous about it. And then uh, there was the article. You, You see it in the newspaper. Oh, yes. He became quite angry about that, as I recall. Um. He said that some of the items uh, that were in the Crusader's tomb were dangerous, uh, even wicked. Um, but I told him that's, you know, we live in a scientific age. This is, this is not witchcraft or magic and more. So I didn't think that he had anything to worry about. Um, and that's kind of where we began a bit of an argument. Uh, he became very illogical and uh, somewhat superstitious about things. And uh, I, I told him that it was all nonsense. Um, uh, he refused to listen to me when I was trying to, you know, convince him. I, I said, you know, these old superstitions have to, to stop and we have to move on in, in a, in a modern world with science. Um, anyways, we, we, I, he avoided me after that, and I didn't see him for a few days. Um, uh, the last time I saw him, uh, he said something about maybe going hunting. I don't know what, why. Uh, there's a, there's a, a hunting 
area called Kunchevsi. It's a few kilometers to the south of Inkovsi. It's very popular for hunting. Uh, I, I really didn't know why he wanted to go hunting. And, uh, but uh, I did notice that one of my uh, shotguns is missing. Oh. So I assume he went hunting. Uh, but I haven't seen him in a few days. Oh, is that uh, Konchevsi? Is that uh, near, and uh, I named the lodge that we're staying at the. Um, not your you, if you go center of Vinkovsi, your your lodge is kind of um southwest, mm-hmm. and this he's saying is a few kilometers farther okay. south. So uh, there's lots of woods and stuff all and now. Around. Theodore, those sounds you were hearing the other day were they from the north or the south? Uh, it seemed something was from the north. I, I'm not sure why i've been hearing this lately but it just ever so often it, there's something that's in the wind and i i it seems like none of you can hear it but i'm not sure it, it's it troubles me it troubles me at times but it's from the north i get the sense well oh. our friend he's uh got a vivid imagination uh uh you said yes go ahead oh you said the so the doctor left to go hunting so he wasn't going to stay somewhere else is what you're implying yes i i don't think it wasn't our argument wasn't that much of an argument um and i i mentioned last night when i talked to yasmina that uh he left his things here uh, but, you know, I don't really go through my friend's things. Uh, no. After I talked on the phone, I, I went in and uh, I took a look. And there do seem to be some of his things missing, some uh, clothing and, and so forth. So I don't know where, where he's gone. Hmm. Uh, would you mind if uh, Yasmina uh, and myself went and looked and maybe uh, we could... Of course, Inven- help yes. you help inventory it. Yes, I don't know what the extent of what he brought with him was in the first place, but oh, yes, yes. Well, her, she would know. And he uh, he tells you where the room that he's staying in. Um, yeah. So I don't know if if you need anything or if you want uh, if you want my assistance, uh, uh, but I don't I don't know where he's gone. My schedule is pretty tight. I work at the hospital. I work at my research lab. I come home uh, rather late. Uh, I uh, I get up. My my niece comes in. Uh, she cooks and cleans for me, and uh, and then I I go. I come back at lunch sometimes. I don't always come back at lunch, but I did today because of, of you. Ah, thank and, you. Uh, Well, what do you and, what do you make of the um, the recent uh, tensions about the last few days? Well, I try not to. I, I don't get involved in politics. I'm Serbian, um, and Doctor Dragomir is Croatian. Uh, we've never had any conflict. 
we mm. wish that the world would. Politics is a is a very dangerous world altering disease that uh, just as soon if I could cure it, I would. Mm. Yes. Well, Yasmino, are you ready to go look at the uh, your father's things? Yeah, she comes with you to uh, he doctor doctor Bellinsada takes you to the door. I mean, takes you to the door of the room and opens right. up and says, "Please, please look around." Thank you. Um, by the way, his first name is Gorin. Gorin, yep. Gorin Bellinsada. So you go into the room, and it's it's very neat and clean. Everything is tidy. Everything is in its place. You have the feeling that uh, the niece would have tidied anything up that wasn't out of place, but she hasn't had to do anything for a few days. Uh, the bed is made. There are a couple of coats and things that are in the closet, um, some, some extra changes of clothes that are folded up in drawers, but nothing significant. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, we'll go through the drawers, you know, look for writings or anything significant. But, hmm. Well, is there anything else I can help you with? I'm sorry I couldn't be of more help. Um, what size of shotgun did, did he take? What gauge? Let's say it's a twelve gauge. Is twelve gauge a big one? Yeah, yeah. Twelve gauge has, has big gun. Wonder if it actually says. And, um, and we've got the location roughly of where he went the the hunting direction that he mentioned. South. It's yeah. The uh, what was it? The uh, Kunjev Kunjevsi. Uh, it's a forest. It's Kajevsi Forest. Uh, since you had not been seeing very much of Herr Morich at the end, uh, you perhaps did not see how he left, whether he was picked up by a taxi or... I have no idea. Yeah, and the, your niece also was not, uh, did not see how he left? But, I don't know uh, what he was hunting necessarily. These are these are dangerous times. He seemed. I, I must say that he did seem. The only thing that that where there was conflict in him was that this that uh, somebody on his team must have leaked the information. Uh, he said that it almost seemed as if, um, well, there was a photograph of the site. So he was quite upset that such a thing, you know, scientists, uh, archeologists would like to have the whole site for themselves, to study it, to record it before the public, you know, sticks their nose into things. Well, and one wants to believe, I'm sure you have this experience. Uh, you wish your, your staff to be faithful and forthcoming, uh, disloyalty in a close working group is very disturbing. Even the the existence of 
photographic apparatus that he wasn't aware of would be something I think that would trouble him. Uh, also, uh, the artifacts he's dealing with, they have uh, a long and troubled history. So uh, he, he made the Crusades. Yeah, yeah, and the stories of these of this site, this group, I can see why they unsettled him, made him oh. seem even superstitious to you. But I'm sure your friend is as rational as he ever was. Well, I mean, he didn't ever seem to go in for strange supernatural concepts, but um, I, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, I, I think that he got angry at me mostly because I, I perhaps told him that he was being silly. And he didn't I could understand. Yeah. Um, um, have we? This is a question for the keeper. Have we seen this photograph? Was it in the paper? It was in the newspaper. Yeah. Okay. All right. In fact, that's what kind of caught your attention. All right. Cool. That you saw all of these. Uh, Crusader-like order, and the, and the title Crusader. Okay, um, right. sounds good. He says, uh, Dr. Belenzado tells you a little bit about his history with Dragomir. They were in the war together. He saw such horrors in the war, and so many good people, you know, maimed and, and harmed that uh, he became a doctor after the, the war. Uh, in order to help, he he goes to the clinic. He uh, he does free exams for war war veterans, um, and he does uh, he does a lot of he's devoted to fixing up the, these all these war uh, people that have been uh, harmed in the war. Um, then he works at the hospital and he does private research, and then it's his whole life just constantly going. How old is he? Dr. Bellanzada, I think he's probably in his 50s. Quick. Bellanzada. Dr. Bellanzada is. Uh, 53. Not really that old. Um, in the, was, uh, the doctor's journal that was in the box was like, the entries dated. Like, oh, on January 6th, 1923. I, I don't think they the, were. Okay. Um, yeah, they're, they're not in the handout either. So I was, all right. I was just trying to see if they matched up with when he left this place. Right. No, they're all they're all within the last, you know, ten or fifteen days. Okay. It all seems to be that he got nervous about something and and sent hmm. to his daughter. Yeah, I'm just wondering if he didn't actually go hunting. He went to that cement factory and told us. Well, um, the doctor says, uh, uh, if, if you need something, you have my number. 
Where are you staying? Um, the lodge. The lodge. Oh, you're staying. Okay, you're staying at the uh, the, the lodge. I know that much. Yes. Yeah, you phoned us back already. So, if I yes, if I have any uh, if I have any more information, I'll be certain to give you a phone call. Yeah, I don't wish to, wish uh, Dr. Valenzaga to uh, add to your anxiety at all, but I would advise you to be mindful that uh, there were a couple of strange men who seemed intent on intercepting Yasmina when she arrived. Uh, one of them, at least, was armed with what looked like a rather wicked blade. So to be aware that if to whatever extent anyone knew that the professor was staying in the house and assuming that these men were interested in Yasmina because of her uh, because of her father specifically, I would you know lock the shutters at night if you are in the habit of being more relaxed than that. That's, that's... It might have been nothing, but the Asmina was clearly being, um, I guess we could say, stalked oh my. by these men. You're staying somewhere safe? Yes, she is. Um, and all through this, he's had a bit of a conversation with her as well. Because he hasn't really met, he's never met her. He's heard about her only. Yeah, we had a nice meal and did all the appropriate small talk in addition to rifling through the men's room and demanding information. Well, um, you've noticed also in the last 15 minutes or so, he keeps glancing at his watch. Ah, yeah. Good mm. yeah, your hospitality has been very kind. Thank you very much for the information. Says, uh, says, good. Well, uh, uh, if you need me during the day, though, I'm usually at the um, uh, Opka Balenica, the, the uh, Vinkov C General Hospital. Uh, that's where I am most of the day. Mm -hmm. I hope uh, I hope your work with the veterans is gratifying. It seems as though the need is great. Indeed. We're trying to improve our technique every day, uh, better and better. And uh, with that, uh, you have you know some pleasantries, and then you leave. Yeah, perhaps we can use his telephone to call a cab for the cement factory. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so he, he, of course, he shows you where his phone is. He probably has one of those really hoity-toity fancy little phones that sits on the, you know. You see in old movies, yeah, Princess Phil, <laughs> and uh, uh, he he smiles pleasantly as you you make your phone call, and then uh, yes, a cab comes and off you go. Where would you like to go next? It's still, we'll say one one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I think the cement factory is the next stop on our agenda. Yeah, that's my vote. Yeah, yeah, go to the closest one. Okay. Um, so the cement factory.
So you get to the Bulatovic cement factory. It is a large factory, uh, and you can hear it before you get to it. Um, it's quite a noisy place, um, uh, about a mile west of Inkovsi. Uh, it produces cement for industrial use. Um, there are a number of very large machines. You can hear them grinding away. Rocks are being crushed. You see large rocks going up on conveyor belts to the top of the building and falling into some sort of hopper. And then there's giant machinery that crushes it and it comes out as gravel. Uh, and some of the gravel goes. Do you think that, do you think that Morik brought the knife here to crush it? His journal mentions that the Crusaders believed the knife could the knife could be ground down into a powder. They just didn't have the means to do it. Oh, that's a yeah, that's a not a bad theory. That's a pretty good theory. So sort of the place is encased in cement. <laughs> the place is surrounded by, you know, barbed wire fence. Um, although it's not closed, there's you know big sliding gate. Um, there's not really like a, a guard because uh, it's just a factory. Uh, but when you go up, there's a lot of workers. There's probably at least 20 or 30 workers that you can see hauling stuff and moving stuff and doing all this. Uh, there's foremen. There's uh, uh, You probably get a funny glance from the foreman at some point who eventually, you know, once he's not, busy doing what he's doing he starts walking over in your direction uh with a clipboard and an odd look on his face and he says something to you in in croatian uh, yasmina if you could translate for her blog i think he makes the best uh intimidation effect uh we are but we are simply looking for if, if an eccentric man has come in yes. in any way messed with the machinery um he doesn't know what you're talking about he says there's workers here um there's dangerous areas that people wouldn't be allowed into and they're closed at night they're closed from we'll say 10 p.m until 6 a.m yeah okay yeah we're just uh looking for a, a friend of ours he has a uh Shell shock is what, what we'll call it. And he, his last note said he was coming here. It was a few days ago. And uh, just unfortunately, where the trail goes cold. Haven't, haven't seen anything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, he's just like, that it? If you don't that's know of all. any trespassers, that's, uh, we are looking for one of those. He says, nope, I can't help you. Oh, uh, no information is still information. Thank you. Hmm. All right. So don't want to rile this guy up. So I'm going to kind of... He doesn't seem hostile. He just seems busy. Yeah. I mean, people get annoyed when you keep annoying them at work, though. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, if if uh, Moritz got here and managed to get the blade onto the conveyor and it was crushed into dust, then 
Well, I don't think we'll find the dust. Yeah. So. Hey. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anything else you would like to do? How is Yasmina's affect after the information from the doctor and this little well, goose chase? She thinks that he seemed like a very nice person. Um, my father was pretty, I mean, outspoken and stubborn. Uh, not in a negative way, but um, I don't know what what he's talking about, except that, yeah, my father's not really given to superstition. He's an archaeologist. He He's been in weird temples and all that sort of stuff, and he doesn't believe, you know, he thinks this is all anthropology. Is, is he a, a, a fan of hunting that you knew of? Who isn't? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's gone hunting before, I'm sure. Okay. Hmm. But when he went hunting, he didn't have his own hunting rifle or shotgun. He took... He took yeah. Mercedes. So it does sound like it's he's not an avid hunter. Yeah. So that is peculiar that that just sort of came up and became an immediate desire. We need to find someone from the staff of the dig. And how far is the site, the dig site again, from where we currently are? I think it was about, say, a mile. Let's see, I probably got the info here. Yeah, I'm sure that we uh, asked the taxi to wait for us when we spoke to the cement factory. It's not as though we would be picking one up yeah, out here in the outskirts of town. Uh, the Crusaders' tomb is located in northern Vinkovsi. Um, there was a, uh, it was discovered by people digging for, they were putting in a new school. Yeah, the school that was named for some uh, notable, yeah. So if the cab driver knows where that is, I think that's the next location. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe the hunting forest uh that he went to might be i don't know what we'd find there though but yeah the uh the uh, the dig sites sounds like the most logical next target yeah i agree all right so um in fact you head on over to that area where the dig site is um you approach, uh, I mean, you park the car and you can see where the construction is uh, that they were getting ready to do. And there's a place that's obviously been partially excavated out. And, and there seems to be a kind of a stone structure uh, that is sticking up partially out of the ground uh, that definitely looks like it's not modern, you know, like it's... Uh, probably from that, that period of time. There is a chain link fence around it. Um, it's six feet high and there is a large padlock on the door. Um, 
the, the site itself is a bit isolated from there's there's nobody around basically okay. where you are dorian have you ever seen anything like this does this look familiar at all architecturally i don't i i have a look yeah i mean you're looking through the fence but yeah it yeah. definitely looks like it it would be something that uh, an archaeologist would be interested in how about uh, this your, your other specialty yeah i was gonna say um archaeological uh, wise is interesting but larceny wise don't worry do i was about? don't worry i was going <clears throat> to get to that i was just that the call of my profession is calling me and as i'm saying that i'm moving close to the lock it's really calling me in my profession as i uh, attempt to pick the lock. <laughs> oh one double oh, wow one <laughs> bad luck but you unlock the lock discover that there's a second lock and that one unlocks, and then the third one locks, and the fourth one unlocks, because you got a one. I'm just <laughs> joking. Okay. So inside, uh, once you get through the fence, you can see that um, uh, there is a place where it was, it's been excavated out. There is a large tarp that is sort of covering the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't see into it unless you go and get into it. You'll have to kind of climb down into it. I uh, don't know anything about uh, archaeological dig sites, but I know a bit about bureaucracy. After all, I'm an academic, and I wish to find out the names of people who worked here and so on. So I'm on the hunt for paperwork, clipboards, signing sheets, and the like. I am also. Oh, as an archaeologist, I'll be actually looking at it from a, an archaeological perspective and I'll, looking for bits of paper and i'll go on in so just just inside um a sort of stone archway there is a stairway leading down um you can see that the the, the stone work is very old but it is also pretty firm it's not not crumbling or anything like that uh It's also, as you're looking at it, it's designed in a way that had they not, had an archaeologist not noticed it, it would have been kind of camouflaged. Most people would have not even noticed that it was there, um, just because it would have just looked like a piece of something else. Yeah. Um, uh, just at the bottom of the stairs, there is a guard room uh that's uh that's got what looks like two old the remains of two old beds or cots of some sort uh obviously from the same period but mostly rotted away mm -hmm. uh that there would have been guards stationed here um there is a mosaic uh that is uh in the wall uh of saint michael the archangel um stamping on the the body of the devil and driving you know a flaming sword at him um also from that same period uh and then there is uh what would have been once a stout oak door that would have been reinforced with iron bars 
um, it blocks the the other end of the chamber. Uh, but the the timbers were obviously weakened, uh, and it was rather easily pulled open by the uh, by the archaeologist. Uh, past that, now you guys have some form of light, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, past that, there is a T-shaped room, uh, which has uh, stone shelves that are all empty. Uh, obviously, the tomb has been cleaned out. Uh, but there's dust and there's dirt and there's footprints in the, the soil uh, under the feet that look like, you know, work boots and so forth. Um, uh, the two chambers on either side uh, do a, do a navigate roll if you want to, or it's not like you're getting it lost, but just to see if you notice something. Oh, God. Nope. Oh, baby. I got a 16 against my 10. I don't know if it's worth six points of luck. Probably not. <laughs> um, you just noticed that the shape of the entire chamber seems to be in the form of a large cross. Hmm. Which would yeah. probably make sense. Yeah, that's not too surprising. Uh, oh, you, in, said, you said T-shape. Uh, that was the entrance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the entrance. Okay. Yeah, the entrance with uh, okay. the guard chamber and so forth. But once you're in here, it's it's more or less a big, large uh, cross-shaped room, um, and dead center in the middle of the cross is a small stone sarcophagus. Um, the sides are carved with a depiction of angels battling demons. Uh, the lid is carved with another image of St. Michael defeating Lucifer. Um, and the lid has been removed. It looks like a stone lid. It's been removed, and it's leaning up against the wall. Uh, the sarcophagus is only three feet long, too small uh, to house an adult body. So it really is obviously not a tomb. Um, and the interior of the sarcophagus is lined with lead tiles. Huh. I think we know where what? the knife was. But, well, I'm sorry, it cut out for me. What was the, the what, what? Red tiles? What was that? Lead. Lead. Lead, oh, lead, tiles. lead tiles. Yeah. Thick lead tiles. So they must be yeah. very heavy. You can see that the lead also has lead tiles for it huh do any yeah i think if i was going to put a knife that cuts through stone somewhere for safekeeping this seems like a good place to keep it yeah thursby do you hear anything odd you don't is, oh, he's blinking, so he's here. <laughs> oh, am I hearing? No, you're not. Hmm. So, so, okay. Oh, good. Um, hmm. There's no writing on the lid, like in Latin or anything. Um, when you look at the lid, what you're looking at is the interior of the lid because it's leaned against the wall. But because you ask, 
you go over and you look at the lid, there is something on the outside of the lid. Uh, it looks like a, a circle with something in the middle and writing uh, that might actually be in gold. Uh, but you'd have to kind of move the lid, uh, kind of flip it over to see. Um, the Theodore, help me out here. I'm not strong enough to move a stone and lead-lined lid. Yeah. I mean, this is also Dorian's expertise. Do you have any uh, tips on moving large um, stone oh. lids and boxes and things? It uh, might take four of you. Okay, yes, it, yeah. It will take at least four of us. We have to be extremely careful. It, it can be uh, risky. Uh, take off my coat and kind of like hand it almost like, you know, those moving straps, you know, kind of have it there. That way you have something to kind of grip on onto also because my and bare hands, I'm just worried I'd drop it. Yeah, walk, your back, walk your back so you don't want to pop out your back. Right. Well, you don't have to pick it up. You just have to uh, move I, it, lean yes. it the other direction. Right. Yeah. All right. So you manage to do that. It's very heavy. Yeah. Um, when you do, the other side of the lid looks like this. Pestiferum lugubrium unquem anquis tolere noli. And a very peculiar symbol. Is that a jade stone? It's some sort of green stone, and it has a different mark on it carved into it. It looks like a star, but a misshapen sort of star. Because hmm. oh, we have one that has like, it looks like a little tree or something on it. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. It's in my little, <laughs> it's in my handkerchief here. Yeah. Um. Is, is the stone attached to the lid? It seems to be embedded in the lid, yes. Yeah. Mm. Can we pry it out? Do you have something to pry it out with? Pocket knife? Or... I, is I've there, got is there any knife. tools left behind by the dig people? Um, There is currently nothing in the tomb like that. Yeah. Let's maybe roll I, a look to a see if I have... If, if Theodore has a pocket knife. Yeah, I've got, I've got my hunting knife with me. Actually, I'm wrong. It says tools and lanterns lie discarded in the chamber. So okay, there, there okay. so tools. take like a... Okay, Dorian, archaeologist. Yes. What tools that are scattered about should we use to extract the stone without damaging the stone? Dynamite. Not dynamite. dynamite. Not a pickaxe. You need to be careful. So to We be fair... like the dynamite. We put it in the box. We put the lid on the box to be yeah. fair using the knife probably wouldn't be too bad of an option because it might not be stuck deep in there uh using a shovel could get uh, a little hasty as well so maybe a knife would be better i'm gonna write down what it said in the circle because okay. like anybody want to take a, a latin i'll i'll take another crack at it rubbing 26 i passed the latin roll okay i actually do know something <laughs> so it, it's difficult to translate it's it's an odd latin but um the closest thing would be something along the lines of uh uh remove not 
the dragon's claw, bringer of plagues and sorrows. Hmm. Yeah, I think we know what was in the chamber. <laughs> yeah. We know that the professor did not listen uh, and that he then seemed superstitious to his rather rational friend. And so he left the house with a shotgun. Unless, you know, you could also read it, Dr. Cruz, as like maybe, I don't know, if a, a ward against the bringer of, what was it, bringer of pestilence and sorrow? Uh, yes. Like a yeah. ward, and so maybe, I mean, I'm not saying they should have removed the dragon's claw either way, but it may be not a warning to anyone, but a ward to whatever that they're referring to. Well, they're referring to the perfect blade that cuts yeah. through all. All right. I didn't well, I mean, know that it, it is, brought I mean, sickness. Yeah, the, the poor knight we read about he didn't get very sick, he got very dead. Um, yes. So, are you going to try to pry the stone out? Yes, Fido, yeah. uh, pass have... me your knife, and Ooh. I'll find a trowel and Who is carefully go. Okay, let's go. Uh, I will spend the one point of luck to succeed. Okay, the uh, the lead uh, uh, encasement that's trying that's holding it there is pretty soft. So with a little bit of prying, the, the stone pops out into your hand. And when it does, everybody do spot hidden. Ooh, look at that. I Double I got triple zeros. I'm too busy putting yeah. <laughs> the other stone in a handkerchief with the other one. I've oh, now well, got my... No, perhaps you were, you were prying. You were thinking about prying. You, you finally popped it out. Those of you who passed, you saw what you thought was kind of a green flash, uh, as if the stone itself had sparked uh, when it popped loose. But it was just an instant. Um, you think for a second that the whole chamber sort of lit up green really quickly, and then, um, and then you know instantly faded. So. Does, does the stone have like a temperature to it? Uh, no, it's just regular temperature. It feels like a stone. It looks just like a regular stone. Okay. I'll put it with my other stone. Or maybe in a separate handkerchief and have it. It's a good thing you have seasonal allergies and always carry so many handkerchiefs about. Yes, you know, you with Fyodor being a bit uh, unusual recently, sir, I've been keeping an extra hanky on me just in case. That's okay. You're, this is 1923. You probably all have a dozen handkerchiefs. Exactly. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> we probably all have, we probably have a whole drawer of handkerchiefs. I'll blow my nose in it, hand it to you, blow your nose. I mean, Gunter Block probably has a whole chain of them. Yeah, yeah, of <laughs> course. <laughs> if we're looking for one, we just ask Gunter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, this uh, that ward might help seal the blade up somewhere else if we find it. But if it's already ground to a fine powder, perhaps it is superfluous. Nothing. Oh, the uh, knowledge of where it is or what became of it 
um, is with apparently a madman in the woods with a gun. Oh. Maybe Ixnion Admin May with his daughter right here. <laughs> it's a, it's okay, Jack. Tells me that he, he didn't mean it. <laughs> uh, can I also? Sorry, all my professor reviews say was. I'm unusually blunt and unaware of the presence of people I can't see on the screen. <laughs> where the stone was, I just want to see. I just want to look at where it was if anything's changed or anything was underneath it. Not really. Yeah, it's just it's lead. And there's not another symbol on the reverse of the stone and so on. Correct. There's not. So, and so far we have seen no paperwork of any kind. There is no wooden outbuilding or anything. It seems like everything of, of any value or information has been already removed. Yeah, except mm. for the gold Latin, but yeah, that was in a heavy thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. What would you like to do next? What time is it? Probably only about 2.33. Do we want to try to go to the location where he went with the shotgun? See, See, I he said that he was going hunting, but did he actually say he was going to that hunting area? Or did the doctor just assume that he was because he said that and left with a shotgun? I don't think he was hunting elk or hearts or pheasant or whatever the mountains around here have. He, yeah. What did he say again about the, the Kunjevsi forest, the hunting ground? It's a very popular. Uh, yeah. In fact, you guys can do a, we'll say a spot hidden. I'll just use spot hidden as a. Nice. 89. Okay. 33 is a regular success. Okay. You're pretty sure that you heard about that forest in the lodge. <laughs> Because it's one of the places they organize hunting, you know, hunting and fishing and things like that. So Do it's a popular place for hunting. Go on another tour and have more innocent tourists. Uh... You also mentioned finding out who else was on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not sure how you find that out, except that. Obviously, somebody from the newspaper was mm. involved. Um, who, who sponsored this dig? They would know um, if it was a university or an organization. They'd know who's. It on would it. have been the University of Zagreb, which is where the uh, yeah they they would know Professor Morick was. Yes, uh, Jasmine, uh, if. Uh... Were the workers all nationals of this country or were they coming from other countries? Because most likely they would have all been associated with the University of Zagreb. Okay. So, they so have... a mixture of students and associates. They wouldn't have needed work visas, which could be checked. No, okay. it's all. All right. Serb, this is the kingdom of the Serbs, Croats, and uh, yeah. Slovenes. Mm-hmm. Which I think, as I recall, it's just recently turned into Yugoslavia, but the name hasn't caught on yet. 
Yeah. Um, this is the only kind of building here at the dig. Like it. it was okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And no other rooms, no other corridors. It's just the stairs go down to this cross-shaped chamber. Right. There's a guard guard room, and then there's the cross-shaped area, and there's obviously stone shelves, but they're all they've all been emptied. It's probably all the contents that you've got in the crate. Yeah. And uh there's there's nothing it's it's definitely nothing else no no door or whatever anything it's stone it's you're you're pretty sure there's there's no secret hiding places it's pretty simple actually so perhaps we go back together to the lodge and prepare prepare ourselves and yasmina and one or two of us Make inquiries of the Zagreb University about the names of the members of the team, one of whom was a Judas, as it were. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and maybe a couple of us uh, get a car down to the hunting area and see if anyone had seen any sign of the absent Dr. Morich. Well, I think it makes sense. It makes sense for Dorian to go. Looking for Morich because he's met the man before and knows what he looks like. And Theodore is also more familiar with hunting territory and hunters. And... It seems a natural combination, yeah. So if they if those two go, and then the three of us can Brilliant. talk to newspaper yeah. to talk to the journalist or the people at the newspaper and whatnot. That's right. Oh, so yeah. Theodore and Dorian are going to go to the woods. Yeah, nothing will go wrong there. Into and, the woods today. Yeah, into the and woods. No, I mean, Gunter, you have you have experience with firearms, being a veteran yourself, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I was an officer, so I uh, carried uh, pistols, not long arms, but. Okay. Well, I'm just. I'm just curious. Just. Because of Moritz, uh his his particular brand of paranoia and his need to feel to go out in the woods with a with a weapon, and just Theodore's sounds. I just I just wonder if a third person going to the woods if that makes sense or not. I have actually, a gun. It it actually might make sense for three to the woods because. I don't know if numbers at a university collecting sure. information sure. would help, whereas a massive force, more uh, eyes would be helpful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, yes. I'll go to the forest. Yasmina, uh, don't worry. Uh, we'll we'll do the best to find your father. He'll be very oh, grateful. And now it's Dorian, Gunther, and Theodore. It hmm. doesn't have the same ring to it. I'm only joking, Gunther. DGT. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. And, and Dr. Neruda and Dr. Kurtz, who are going to... We will, go, we will travel with Yasmina to the local newspaper office and then make uh, calls to the university if they cannot supply us with the information we need. Okay. Um, so, uh, now that you when, you... when you travel back into town, and you start moving around, you can see that the national troops are, 
there's a lot more of them than there were before. Um, uh, you can't really tell, but 80% of them are Serbians. Um, they're everywhere. You can see them being rather heavy-handed. They're rounding up some suspects. Uh, they're checking people's papers. Uh, they're setting up roadblocks. Um, uh, it's uh, and perhaps you even glimpse glimpse uh, Major uh, Boskovic, who you saw the other night. You know, telling people what to do. Uh, they're really serious about trying to locate this people's uh, this group. Uh, uh, the local population of uh, uh, Croatians are not happy about all of these Serbs uh, on their streets. So I think that's probably a good spot to stop with the two of you going to those locations. We'll remember that and we'll remember that it's we'll say three three o'clock three in the afternoon. Sounds good. Excellent. Do this. All right. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gasway, Stuart Lively, Keith Craig, and Josh Harwood with yours truly as the Keeper of Arcane Lore. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members, you can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you would like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel, and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.